Welcome to Into Security, Info Security Magazine's podcast. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Info Security Magazine podcast, Into Security. I'm Dan Raywood, Deputy Editor. And Michael Hill here, Editor. Delighted you can join us for this, the latest episode in our podcast series. Yeah, lucky number seven. We've uh, we've hit. We're not quite at double figures yet. We will be probably by the end of the year. Uh, we've got some more stuff on our end of the year content actually coming up. Um, but before we do that, a bit of a look back at some of the news from the last month since our last podcast, which uh, was end of August, end of the holidays. We've all been back to work in September, and maybe one thing we have actually been doing since we came back to work is maybe thinking about our love lives. Well, I, I, some of us haven't been, but. Um, Maybe your love life could be a little bit, a little bit dangerous for you because just this week, um, actually on the uh, on Info Security magazine, we covered the story of Heyo H Y E Y Y O, which is a Turkish dating website, and it was found to have leaked user data. Um, this was done uh, discovered by a researcher called Avashi Efrat from VPA comparison firm Wizcase W I Z C A S E. Uh, who was able to access a database of around 77,000 users' details. These included things like names, addresses, countries, dates of birth, dating history, and even some links to social media profiles. They said that Heyo used an elastic search engine, which used the default setting in order that which didn't require an authentication or password to gain entry. Um, someone from the WizCase company said that uh, companies using default or misconfigured security settings for their database is an all too common scenario. So something we do see quite a lot. Now talking about dating uh, websites and app problems, uh, I did a quick look through some of the history of these uh, that we've covered on Info Security. About a year ago, uh, just under a year, October last year, the very first day of Donald Daters, um, a researcher was able to download the entire database of users, which is about 1600 users. And so, yeah, quite a big deal in terms of breaching the personal information of uh, fans of the current president. Uh, also, from March this year, the uh, the dating app Grinder was found to have shared the HIV status of users with third-party analytics companies. And of course, don't forget Ashley Madison. I'm going to reference a bit later on in another story, but that was hacked in 2015, exposing 25 gigabytes of data. Uh, this did lead to some pretty tragic incidents, but it still held as one of the most significant news stories of the past five years. Uh, passwords were cracked, they were found to be pretty uh, insecure. Uh, people were using work emails, address, uh, addresses that were associated with governments and day jobs, so not particularly great. But it's another case of another app you trust with your security, Michael. You, 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 know, you, you put your trust in this, this app, you put your personal details in there, you presume it's safe and secure and all that kind of stuff, but actually then, you know, stories like this appear and you think, oh dear, you know, Maybe I shouldn't have trusted it so much. Yeah, that's right. I mean, dating apps are an interesting one. Obviously, we've seen in the past, like you say, there are some some security issues that have come to light. Also, the the thing with dating apps is you obviously put quite a lot of information into them. Now, if you think, you know, you're putting pictures of yourself, you're putting interests. Um, it, a lot of them are location based as well, so there's that element to it too. So. It is a bit worrying when you think about how much information that you do put into a, to a dating app. You want to say as much about yourself as possible. I get that. Yeah. But also, when you see these uh, security issues that come to light, it does make you uh, worry. 
Um, so moving on then from dating to food. Now, US food delivery service DoorDash uh, has just, just announced uh, that it is uh, notifying its customers after discovering a data breach affecting millions of consumers. So the firm claimed in a notice uh, that an unauthorized party managed to access data on 4.9 million users. Uh, so their statement read, earlier this month we became aware of unusual activity involving a third party service provider. Uh, we immediately launched an investigation and outside security experts were engaged to assess what occurred. We were subsequently able to determine that an unauthorized third party accessed some DoorDash user data on May 4th this year. Um, so what it seems is users who registered for the platform on and before April 5th, 2018 are said to be affected. Email addresses, delivery addresses, order history, phone numbers, and sorted and hashed passwords are, are believed to have been stolen, as well as the last four digits of some users' payment cards. Um, so it seems like dis despite sorting and hashing passwords, the firm is advising users to reset their credentials for the site. Uh, obviously experts were, were quick to come out and criticize the firm. Um, Despite its efforts to encrypt passwords, the stolen data could be used in uh, follow-on attacks. Obviously, uh, a statement was was given to was given out by um, uh, Lucy Security CEO Colin uh, Bastable, who said, in, "In the race to grab market share, businesses like DoorDash place security too far down the list. Outsourcing data in sources." data in sources cyber, cyber insecurity, bit of a tongue twister there, and consumers pay the price of a carelessly clicked email phishing link or a targeted spear phishing attack. Um, interesting, Dan, is, you know, food delivery firm, um, seems as if they've missed some, some basic practices here. Yeah, and it's all data breaches again, another two data breaches, good positive note to step things off on. And yeah, it, it's, it's a shame really, I mean this has been all over my inbox today as we record on the 27th of September, and um, yeah, well, who knows, come Monday, something else might have taken over. It, it, it's all a negative thing. Um, but sticking with the theme of data breaches, this is some research which came out in um, about mid-September uh, for a company called PCI PAL. Um, there was some research done which, which was released, and um, one part of their research, actually, I thought was quite interesting, was some geographic breakdowns. Now, I'm not always a kind of huge fan of geogra geographic breakdowns. I sort of sometimes, you know, unless it's completely different uh, you know, different sort of nations, different uh, sort of privacy um, kind of appetites. I don't think we see a huge amount of in things that are particularly different. But with this one, I thought was very interesting uh, specific uh, statistics, which regarding um, people who would stop spending money with a business uh, in the immediate aftermath of a, of a security breach. Now, they found that in the US, 83% of consumers will stop uh, spending money with a business for several months in the immediate aftermath. A fifth, 21%, uh, claim they will never return to a business post-breach. Now, flip that, 79% would return. So after 83% would stop immediately, 79% would then be back again post-breach. Now, if we compare that to um, the UK and Australia, their numbers were very similar. In the UK, 44% of consumers would stop and 41 would never return. In Australia, very similar, 43% would stop and 43%, different, probably different uh, sample, would never return. So US, sorry, UK and Australia are very close together, but very different here from the US. Um, now, I mentioned Ashley Madison just earlier on. Um, I was reading an article which was in Forbes uh, back in August, which was an interview with, um, I think, the new founder or sorry, the new CEO of, um, of, of Ashley Madison. And they said uh, before the events of 2015, uh, they had 30,000 people joining every day. They're now back to around 22,000 people joining every day. That's 150,000 people a week, almost 600,000 a month. Now, 
compare that to how many people would never return to a business that's been hacked, actually it's proof there with Ashley Madison that people are going back to Ashley, Ashley Madison, they are rejoining them. And yeah, we've all been affected by breaches. Um, we all face the choice of moving on. If your bank or your credit card provider or your, uh, facility, your, your, your utilities, like for example gas or electric is hacked, would you go through the effort to switch that? I'd argue majority probably not. But some of it would take some sort of personal action against a breached company. Um, I'm sure we've both been involved in personally <laughs> not involved in breach. Well, we've, I know, so, you know we've both probably had credit cards that have been mm. tied up. Thankfully, no banking details. But um, yeah, Michael, it, it, it happens that people will just kind of stick with it because it's easier than changing around. Well, yeah, that's right. And also, think a part of this is you know a breach can happen, and I think. You hope that companies learn from that and you know the, the hope is a year down the line their their security is is far better than it a was but maybe would have been without having the breach so you hope that actually you know a, a breached company is actually more secure in the future maybe that's an element of that in it yeah. um yeah it's a interesting research it was good to see things like that coming out and to get your you know finger on the pulse of what people do really think when a company suffers a breach um so moving away is kind of from the uh, the breach angle to some some better news, I guess, particularly if you're a startup company in the um, security industry. Uh, and this came from uh, Lorca, so that's the London Office for Rapid Cybersecurity Advancement. Uh, it this week announced the launch of its global open call for its fourth co uh, cohort of cyber scale-ups. Now, uh, Lorca launched back in June 2018. Uh, it's hosted in uh, at Plexa, which is in London's Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. And the aim of uh, Lorca is to bolster the UK's cybersecurity sector, sector and make the internet safer for everyone by supporting uh, the most promising later, later stage startups. Um, what it does is it offers cohorts of companies uh, 12 months programs um, from which companies can benefit from a collaborative ecosystem of uh, academia, innovators, government, investors and industry. Um, now it's already ran three cohorts already, um, which have gone on, and, and companies from those cohorts have, have gone on to raise over fifty-eight million pounds in investment and won five hundred and fourteen uh, contracts. So Lorca is now inviting its new batch of uh, companies to to, to apply, um, and it's focusing on on, on three innovation uh, schemes. Now these are connected economy, connected everything, and connected everyone. So the latest cohort will receive bespoke support from uh, scaling in the UK and abroad. Um, as well as access to commercial and engineering experts through uh, delivery partners Deloitte and the Centre for Secure Information Technologies, uh, CSIT, over at Queen's University Belfast. Uh, Saj Huck, who is Pro Programme Director of Lorca, said, as technology increasingly impacts all aspects of business and society, it's clear that a cybersecurity paradigm shift is needed. Now more than ever, we need to support the development of cutting-edge innovations across the board to help us lead safer digital lives, keeping our infrastructure secure and protect our digital economy from complex and evolving cyber threats. Giving its increasing significance within a world that is more connected by the day, cybersecurity has to be everywhere and serve everyone. So the deadline um, for applying for this latest cohort, uh, local cohort, is November 4th this year uh, and there are full details available on the uh, Lorca website for doing that. Um, Lorca seems like a good thing to have come along in the last year or so, Dan. Um, I know we've both been to the site there over at Plexa where they're holding it. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a good thing, you know, for, for, for the you know, startup companies who are doing well, who kind of want to take the next step and really get some, you know, uh, really benefit from, from various sources. Um, it's not a great thing to be happening for the industry. It is actually. It's really positive to see someone actually getting behind the, these opportunities. We've we've talked about 
well, you know, diversity is kind of a different topic here, but you know, about opportunities for people, um, we'll get onto the online summit a bit later on, but uh, opportunities for people with ideas and that, that's something, you know, these kind of these support networks um, like Lorca and a few others are really great in that they're enabling people to get started. You prove you don't have to have the kind of huge money behind you. We've seen a few companies come along that have been able to succeed without massive funding and um, really just being able to take ideas and, and um, go on to what they're aiming to achieve. And hopefully, yeah, this is going to be uh, a good news for a lot of people. Sure, absolutely. Right. Uh, well, let's move on to some slightly more positive news. Well, positive news, maybe some small, light, sort of light-hearted news. Uh, we've always run a, a section in the magazine called Slack Space. And, well, a couple of things which did caught, catch our eye on that theme this month. Um, one that caught my eye is um, we saw the return of what they call, the, well, they call themselves one of the most significant popularizers of infosec rap and considered one of the most seminal groups based in London in the history of information security. They're called Host Unknown, and uh, they released their new video at the start of the month. It was a version of a Nelly song called Ride With Me, and they called it Lost All The Money. Now, uh, if you haven't come across Host Unknown, there are three gentlemen called Andrew Agnes, Javad Malik, and Tom Langford. They've done a couple of videos uh, in the past five years. This is the third one. Um, each one's featured a different member of the, uh, the group, kind of taking lead vocals, as it were. It's worth checking out. I mean, they are, if, maybe it's not your type of music. I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of this original song, let alone this is actually probably going to a much more improved version as far as I'm concerned. But Lost All The Money's got, actually got a really good message around the concept of business email compromise. Um, we, I've been chatting just earlier on with uh, a couple of people about security awareness and um, campaigns which, you know, which people think work and stuff like that. And actually, th this is one that's proved to be a really popular way of trying to use humour and, I guess, music <laughs> to an extent of actually explaining a, a, a particular idea. And in this case, yes, business email compromise and, uh, you know, how someone has been duped into sending some money over. Again, it, it's only a couple of minutes long. It's well worth looking at. Uh, do follow them on, on Twitter. You can find the, the video there and some links through. So definitely worth uh, looking at. Have you, have you watched it yet? No, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's one of the afternoon. Yeah. It, is, it is entertaining and it is worth watching. There's not yeah. many people out there. Uh, they also did point out they would uh, they would not respond to comments about being snubbed twice by the Pony Awards. Mm. So who knows, guys, third time lucky next year. Interesting. Now, they always do um, good podcasts, those guys, so it's always entertaining and uh, good a good watch or a good listen to. Um, okay, so another interesting story that, that came to light. This was covered by various um, mainstream media publications. And it was that um, medical records of hundreds of thousands of NHS patients had been uh, dumped in a town centre and used to weigh down scaffolding. Um, now, apparently, these were how this idea came about. Isn't I'm not entirely sure, but the idea was that these were meant to be shredded entirely and then used um, as, as a ballast to weigh down an art festival structure. Uh, and this was in Milton Keynes, I believe. Um, but it, it turns out that the uh, the um, the forms weren't actually shredded down uh, enough or or very much at all really. Um, it turns out that uh, passers-by were actually able to uh, to look at these documents, which are obviously, like I said, medical records, and they can actually make out what was on there. Um, so things, prescription forms and letters, and you could see names and addresses, details of surgery apparently. Um, so quite quite shocking really. Uh, uh, it sounds like the council was informed. And they actually released a statement saying they were appalled and said we immediately covered the bails and arranged for their removal. Um, Lib Dem MP and former Health Minister Norman Lamb said clearly there, there haven't been proper controls in place to avoid this sort of extraordinary public leak. Um, 
So, a very interesting, quite bizarre um, story to come across, Dan. Um, mm. I mean, I've never come across papers like this being used to weigh down structures, but I don't know, maybe it happens, I'm no expert in that. But it does seem remarkable that the papers weren't shredded fully and that there was still illegible information on there. You're absolutely right, yeah. There was the situation where, I'm going to have to, have to quickly search on this, um, where um, it was a, uh, a Macy's parade, it was a Thanksgiving, I believe, um, where they once actually, um, it was shredded, there we go, 2012, for those of you with memories, I've obviously got a memory for the story, but not for the year, um, where confetti at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 2012 was made out of shredded uh, police documents however that was shredded but apparently but legible according to the police mm. department with this one here which yeah has was, was been reported in the sun this week it was the whole uh, sort of documents which is really interesting you think where did these come from yeah it, you know i think that the general consensus is it was you know, paperwork that was meant to be shredded but instead was some bizarre idea was used as this you know this weighing down of a, of a ballast i mean uh, you know there's comments here that walkers uh, passers-by could see Prescription forms being blown around in the street. It's just a uh, pretty remarkable, really. Never come across a story quite like this. Yeah, and I think you know if you are in Milton Keynes anytime soon, do have, have a swing by and have a look. See if yeah. you, so you might find some details on yourself. You never know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got a few minutes left, so we're going to have a quick look back at some of the things that we've been doing here at Info Security, keeping us busy, and some of the things we've got coming up. Um, obviously, as we sit down and record this, down we're. We're just off the back of our latest online summit event. So the past uh, previous two days, we were obviously busy um, moderating that that event, which went uh, fantastically. Um, those sessions are all obviously now available on demand to view on the website. So if you were there with us on the day and you want to want to catch any of it again, please do. Or more importantly, if you haven't seen it yet, do register uh, online on our sites and you can uh, view all the sessions back um, on demand. Uh, Dan, how did you find the event? I counted up, I think I've done eight, well, we've done eight of these now. I think we're 16, 17, 18, 19, yeah, four, two a year across four years. Eight of these we've done now. I'm interested to go back and see what we covered in 2016, actually, and mm. see where we should do a five-year anniversary at the end of next year. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was really great. I mean, it, it's it's a lot of work which goes into it. We start working on this about three months out um, to sort of try and determine what the topics are going to be. We were able to base them uh, this time on some research we, we did um, back around the time of Info Security Europe around the topic. So we had a, kind of a bit of a clarity about what the... the the hot trends were um it, it's yeah personally I, I look i'm moderating i think it was uh five i think five sessions in total um the first one i did was around compliance which was which was really great it's always such a popular topic i mean you know really really good numbers and some great conversations it was heavy around gdpr which you're going to expect but we were really keen to push the things in terms of the nis directive pci gd um, psd2 ccpa there's so many things going on at the moment in compliance um, the other one I, I i did which i really really enjoyed um and big thanks to all the speakers but i'm going to pick two sessions out was around diversity which did get quite a mixed reaction from the comments i saw some people saying you know oh you know why do we need to do talk about this can't we just hire people for, for you know the skills rather than based on any kind of uh you know diversity but also there were some really positive discussions there about people's challenges they come up against and uh, we were joined by some great speakers for that. So yeah, for me, it was really great. Um, Michael, you had the, the, the joy of doing one of the profile interviews as well. I did, yeah. I was joined by uh, Gerhard Aschelbeck, obviously previously uh, Google and now back at uh, Qualys and also doing a few other things as well. Uh, yeah, Gerhard's fantastic. Really, really great interview with him. Uh, you know, he's, he's just got such a great insight now, so experienced. And I think, you know, having been uh, a CISO at a company like Google, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger, really. I mean... 
that you know just 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 the where he must draw from that and the knowledge that he must take away is invaluable really so that, yeah that was a fantastic to speak with him did some great panels as well looking at ai and security um, also looking at um, how organizations can use uh, zero trust which seems quite uh, quite popular so yeah fantastic two days really uh, thoroughly enjoyed it yeah, it's always it's always really good, and of course we're always doing um, content, audio content, webinars uh, in particular. So yeah, the online summit comes around twice a year. We do the next one. Well, we don't want to think about that yet, but we will do soon. <laughs> Be hearing about that probably next month. We do our next um, podcast. We'll probably have some dates for you for the next one. We, we can. We got a month to plan for that. Um, in terms of. Um, online content again always webinars happening and some more coming up very soon but what i do want to point out to you is on the 17th of october uh i'll be moderating one at the uh sort of early hour of 7 a.m which will actually be going out uh, specifically uh, for time zones featuring in uh, in the asia pacific region so again so if you're in hong kong singapore australia new zealand china uh, or any of the kind of surrounding areas of the uh, the Philippines, then yeah, do join us for that because it's going to be me. To, uh, we've got just confirmed a couple of speakers for that. We'll be announcing those on the website in the next few days. But do join us for that. We're talking about secure file transfers, so that should be one of the interesting ones coming up. We've got a lot of content coming up, and uh, again, do look on the website for that. Yeah, and also in terms of events, uh, IP Expo. Uh, oh, it's it's new name now. What is it? Uh, Digital, transformation. Digital transformation. Yeah. yeah. So that's coming up in what's over a week and a half, so early October, yeah. isn't it? So we will uh, be at that for a few days and try and get some coverage uh, from that event for you. So do keep out, keep an eye out for content coming from there. Yeah, and also you know, last month we've been to the Gartner conference, which was over over in um, uh, East London, just around the back of the O2, uh, which was great. Actually, we spent I, I spent that sort of a day and a bit there. You spent the day there, mm. and just. Just such great, great content comes out of that. Really, just brilliant speakers that they put up, and um, I was really delighted. A couple of the sessions I picked up and covered for Info Security. One was on like the top um, kind of projects for 2019 uh, that you need to cover. These are all written up on the website, and also another one I picked up was on. Um, uh, the uh, sort of the, the hiring for the right skills stuff like that. How you need to be looking for sort of future skills when you're trying to hire. So um, yeah, really good content there. Uh, we also went to Forty Four Con. I was there about a day and a bit of it. Um, one thing I do want to point you towards is just when I actually got on the website today is a presentation attended by NCC Group. They were able to take a sample of the NotPetya um, malware kind of disarm it, de-weaponize it, and use it as a, like a sort of a testing tool. So the full story, it's called Eternal Glue, and um, it, the full story is on the on, on Info Security as of today, the 27th, so you can go and check that one out. Okay, fantastic stuff. That's pretty much all the time we've got for this episode, so huge thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you again soon. Welcome to Into Security, Info Security Magazine's podcast.